Welcome to Grace and Glory Audio, featuring Pastor P.G. Matthew. Today, Pastor Matthew continues in the Bible series, in the Book of Romans, with Part 3 in the series, Save to Serve, preached October the 28th, 2012. If you have your Bible with you, please turn to Romans chapter 16, verse 5. Saved to serve the Lord. That's the purpose of salvation, to serve the Lord. We learned from Romans 16 how Sister Phoebe of the Church of St. Crea served her Savior, our Lord Jesus Christ. We also learned how a Christian couple, Aquila and Priscilla, served their Savior throughout their busy lives. St. Paul, as an apostle and pastor, Loved the saints of God and deeply cared for them. In Romans 16, he greets so many people of the church of Rome. Epinetus, Mary, Andronicus, Junius, Urbanus, Persis, Rufus, and so on. We are reminded of the greeting of Boaz to his people. He said, the Lord be with you. And the people returned the greeting by saying, the Lord bless you. So also we greet our Lord Jesus daily as we worship him. And he greets us by blessing us. The word greet appears 21 times in this chapter. It is written down for our profit. All scripture being God's word is profitable for us. We greet our triune God as our sure redeemer. As we sing, I greet thee, our sure redeemer, art. And he greets us back, and we are blessed. Do you hear this morning our Lord greeting you by name? God cares for each one of us as our heavenly father. St. Paul cared for the saints of God. He cared for those who trusted in Jesus Christ. And we are told he cared for them as a mother and as a father. So we read in 1 Thessalonians chapter 2. But we were gentle among you like a mother caring for her little children. For you know that we dealt with each of you as a father deals with his own children. Friends, we are God's family. We are members of one body of Christ. So we love one another and serve our living God and his holy people deeply. In the church of God, there exists unity and diversity. 
There were Jews and Gentiles, men and women, masters and slaves, weak and strong, vegetarians and non-vegetarians, few rich and many poor. But all are members of God's one family. Yes, the church is God's large family. So we read in 1 Timothy 3.15 If I am delayed, you will know how people ought to conduct themselves in God's house. Which is the church of the living God, the pillar and foundation of the truth. And if we read in 1 Timothy 5, do not rebuke an older man harshly, but exhort him as if he were your father. Treat younger men as brothers, older women as mothers, and younger women as sisters with absolute purity. Dr. Stott says, heterogeneity is of the essence of the church since it is the one and only community in the world in which Christ has broken down all dividing walls. The church of God is drawn from every nation, tribe, people, and language, all singing God's praise in unison. So we read in Revelation 7, After this I looked, and there before me was a great multitude that no one could count, from every nation, tribe, people, and language, standing before the throne and in front of the church. They were wearing white robes and were holding palm branches in their hands, And they cried out in a loud voice, Salvation belongs to our God who sits on the throne and to the Lamb. And St. Peter tells us in 1 Peter 2, But you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people belonging to God that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light once you were not a people but now you are the people of God once you had not received mercy but now you have received mercy most of God's people come from the lower class of society as we read in 1 Corinthians 1 Brothers, think of what you were when you were called. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many were influential. Not many were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose lowly things of this world and despised things. And the things that are not to nullify the things that are so that no one may boast before him. For instance, Paul sends greetings from God to the household of Aristobulus. 
and the household of Narcissus. He is greeting the slaves of these masters. The masters themselves are not greeted because they were not believers. But their slaves were. The church of God, this heterogeneous society is in the Lord and in Christ. We all are in God, we all are in Christ. Irrespective of our background. We serve the Lord with gladness. First he greets three people whom he calls my beloved. He greets three people calling each one ton agape ton mu, my beloved one. He knew them personally. They helped him much in the service of the Lord. Jesus Christ is God's beloved son. And a voice from heaven said, this is my son whom I love. And we all are God's beloved in Jesus Christ. In fact, God loves us, each one of us, even as he loves his only son, Jesus Christ. So Jesus says in his prayer, John 17, verse 23, I in them and you in me, May they be brought to complete unity to let the world know that you sent me and have loved them as you have loved me. He greets Epinetus. Epinetus means praiseworthy. As his dear one, he was one of the first to believe in Asia. It is possible he was won to the Lord by the ministry of Aquila and Priscilla. And he went with them when they moved to Rome. In 1 Corinthians 16 verse 15 we read that brother Stephanus was the first fruit of Achaia. What a blessing it is to believe in Jesus Christ as the first one. And we have greater opportunity to serve God in our life. God takes note of such people. Ampliatus and Stachys were also very dear to St. Paul. A sister from Persia by name Persis is called Ten Agapeten, the Beloved. She was beloved of all people in the Roman church. May we look upon all God's people as beloved of the Lord. And therefore beloved to us. Christ loved us and gave himself for us by his death on the cross. Second, he greets relatives. They were Jews and probably also related to him. 16 verse 7 says Andronicus and Junius. They probably were two men who were Jews and related to St. Paul. These trusted 
in Jesus Christ before St. Paul. They probably became believers on the day of Pentecost and went back to Rome to minister the gospel there. It is possible that they were part of the founding members of the Roman church. They were known to the apostles and they probably were apostles themselves in the secondary sense of the word apostle. And we see this secondary sense in several places in the New Testament. 2 Corinthians 8 verse 23. As for Titus, he is my partner and fellow worker among you. As for our brothers, they are apostles of the churches and an honor to Christ. They were not the twelve, but they were Missionaries sent with a mission. Epaphroditus is called the apostle from the church of Philippi. Philippians 2.25, but I think it is necessary to send back to you Epaphroditus, my brother, fellow worker, fellow soldier, who is your apostle. That's a Greek. Whom you sent to take care of my needs. And therefore it is possible. That Antronicus and Junius. Were. Apostles in this sense. And not only that. He knows some other facts about these people. Antronicus and Junius. Were fellow prisoners. For the gospel of Christ. And you read in 2 Corinthians 11 verse 23 that St. Paul had been in prison often. And these people were in prison along with him. And he says, please give my greetings in the Lord to them who are my relatives. He also mentions another relative by name Herodion verse 11 he was also a member of the Roman church he was a Hebrew Christian then third he greets fellow workers remember Aquila and Priscilla were called his fellow workers in verse 3 because they worked together with Saint Paul in the gospel ministry And in verse 9, St. Paul greets Urbanus, from which you have urbane, civilized, cultured. Paul greets Urbanus, and he is called fellow worker. He was a member of the Roman church, yet at some time he worked with St. Paul in the gospel ministry. And he remembers to greet him. Number four, he greets a person called Apelles. Brother Apelles is a member of the Roman church. His name means called. He was not only effectually called, but he was tested and approved by the Lord in some serious trial of his faith. He was tested and he passed 
the test by confessing Christ, not denying Christ. Abraham was tested and approved. Daniel and the three Hebrew children were tested and approved. So was Stephen, James, Peter, and St. Paul. They came through the fire of testing in flying colors. Apelles is called by St. Paul Dokimon, meaning tested and approved. And we read in Romans 1.28, the unbelievers have a Dokimon known. Depraved mind, unapproved mind, corrupt mind that says there is no God. An approved pastor must interpret the word of God correctly. We read that in Second Timothy chapter 2 verse 15. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. How? A workman who does not need to be ashamed. Most pastors must be ashamed for misinterpreting scripture. They are ashamed to God. Do your best to present yourself to God as one approved. A workman who does not need to be ashamed and who correctly handles the word of truth. We run the Christian race with the goal that we be approved by Christ. Be found document. Paul says that much in 1 Corinthians 9 verse 27. No, I beat my body. I will not live by body's urges. I beat my body and make it my slave so that after I have preached to others, I myself will not be a document disqualified for the prize. I pray that we may hear the words of approval from the lips of Christ well done thou good and faithful servant not the words of disapproval I never knew depart from me you evil doers keep in mind every Christian will be tested in this life as gold is tested in the fire such Tested gold is most precious. So St. Paul tells us in 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 7. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold which perishes even though refined by fire may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Friends, we go through testing, fiery testing, knowing suffering produces endurance. Endurance, document, character, divine approval, and document, 
produces hope that will not make us ashamed Jesus Christ himself was tested and approved so we read in Philippians 2 verse 8 through 10 and being found in appearance as a man he humbled himself and became obedient to death even death on a cross therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth may God help us to stand the test that we be like a palace that we receive God's approval that we be called dokimon approved god approved number 5 he greets laborers for the lord and no man is included in this list for women four women members of the roman church were greeted by saint paul because they labored untiringly for the lord i say this word copiao toil is not used of men in this epistle to romans it seems then women work harder than men and first of course is mary miriam she was a jewish christian probably she was a founding member of the roman church greet mary who labored much for you not worked much she toiled much for the saints she did not labor for herself the text says she labored much for you friends faith works so we read in first thessalonians 1 3 we continually remember before our god and father your work produced by faith your labor that is hard work prompted by love and your endurance inspired by hope in our lord jesus christ this mary reminds me of my own mother who filled with the holy spirit labored much day and night for the lord mary labored much notice it's in the past tense labored that tells you she is not laboring much now she is now infirm but paul remembers her past work for the lord friends god ever remembers our labor of love mary was not trying to get she self sacrificingly gave love friends always gives it is more blessed to give and then two sisters he greets tryphena and tryphosa 
They were probably twin sisters from a rich aristocratic family. They were single women in the service of the Lord. Their names mean dainty and delicate. Before they became Christians, they were luxuriating lazily like the rich man of Luke 16 verse 9 which reads there was a rich man who was dressed in purple and fine linen and lived in luxury every day. Now look at them. They are sweating, toiling for God. They are not trying to look pretty. And I have seen women working here and outside everywhere. They are working hard and not trying to place every hair at the proper place. Greet them, Paul says, for they are working hard in the Lord. They expended their money and muscle power for the work of God's kingdom. Even as many women in this church do every day. Saints of the Lord. I want you to know the Lord is pleased with you. And he greets you today. And then the fourth woman Persis. He greets also Persis. She was from Persia. Persis means Persia. She was an idol worshiper but heard the gospel and was completely converted. She heard the gospel and believed in Jesus. She also served much for the Lord. Like Mary, Persis is infirm now. So notice the past tense, served much. But friends, God does not forget his infirm saints. She is beloved to all. She is called the beloved. She is a mother to all. Everybody loved Persis. So let us not forget God's infirm saints. They served us. Now we serve them in the Lord. True Christians are not lazy they labor much six days a week they imitate their Lord who worked hard doing the will of God Jesus said my father is always at his work to this day and I too am working Jeremiah 48.10 A curse on him who is lax in doing the Lord's work. Colossians 4.17 Tell Archippus see to it that you complete the work you have received in the Lord. Ephesians 4.28 He who has been stealing must steal no longer but must walk doing something useful with his own hands and what's the purpose that he may have something to share with those who are in need 
1 Corinthians 15, 58. Therefore, my dear brothers, stand firm. Let nothing move you. Always give yourselves, always, fully to the work of the Lord because you know that your labor in the Lord is not in vain. St. Paul speaks about himself in Colossians 1 verse 29 to this end I labor means work hard struggling agonizing that's the word with all his energy which so powerfully works in me we work the Lord's work friends with Holy Ghost power and so we read Acts 1.8 but you will receive power when the Holy Ghost comes on you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Holy Ghost friends. So you read in Luke chapter 11 verse 13 if you then though you are evil know how to give good gifts to your children how much more will your father in heaven give you the Holy Ghost the Holy Spirit to those who are sir, asking you don't have it because you didn't ask may God help us to ask and receive May God the Father and God the Son pour out in abundance Holy Spirit upon us that we too may labor much for the Lord. Listen to what Paul says now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine according to his power that is at work within us. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Laboring for the Lord is a blessing. Consider what happened to Saint David when he refused to go to war. When he refused to labor for the Lord. He sinned greatly. In the spring at the time when kings go off to war, David remained in Jerusalem and sinned greatly. Lazy people sin. Please note that Mary, Persis, Tryphena and Tryphosa, they did not have any title. They just labored. And God took note. Finally, slaves and saints greet those of the house of Aristobulus. Notice Aristobulus was the grandson of Herod the Great. He was living in Rome in style and luxury. He is not greeted. He did not trust in Jesus Christ like his grandfather. But his slaves did. And Paul greets these brothers and sisters. It is possible that the church gathered in the house of Aristobulus. He also greets the slaves of Narcissus. He was a very wealthy freedman who was put to death by Nero. 
He was not a Christian, yet his slaves became believers in Jesus Christ and they gathered to worship, I believe, at the big house of Mr. Narcissus. And in verse 14, St. Paul greets Asyncritus, Phlegon, Hermes, Patrobas, Hermas, and the brothers with them. It appears they all also met together as an assembly in Rome. And in verse 15, Paul greets Philologus, Sister Julia, Neurus, and his sister, and Olympus, and all the saints with them. That's another house church in Rome. And number seven, greet Rufus. Rufus means redhead. See, they are rare people. Redhead. Greet redhead, Rufus, and his mother. St. Mark wrote his gospel in Rome. This Mark in his gospel makes mention of one Simon of Cyrene, North Africa, who was pressed to carry the cross of Jesus to Calvary. Jesus was carrying his cross but became because he was beaten very severely he was unable to carry this 40 pound cross beam to Golgotha we read about the synagogue of the Jews of Cyrene in Acts 6 and verse 9 Simon lived in Jerusalem and attended the synagogue he carried the cross to Calvary but he did not quickly go back home it is possible Jesus looked at Simon in love and gratitude. Simon watched the crucifixion, heard what the believing thief prayed to Jesus and what Jesus promised him. He heard all the words Jesus spoke from the cross. He heard his prayer for sinners. He heard the confession of the centurion that Jesus truly was the son of God. The truth is Jesus saved Simon. With joy he went home and spoke of his salvation, his wife and two sons, Alexander and Rufus, also became believers. It is possible that St. Paul stayed with them whenever he visited Jerusalem. In time, Simon and his son Alexander died Simon's wife and son Rufus the redhead moved to Rome and became members of the Roman church. He greets Rufus. He calls him the elect. Torn eclecton. Since every child of God is God's elect, we must understand this term in a special sense. The choice one. In some way, he distinguished himself in the Roman church. Apostle remembers this and calls him the elect one. He also remembers his mother. Since Paul became a Christian, it is safe to assume that his family forsook him. Rufus's mother treated Paul as her own son when he stayed with them. 
So friends, let's serve the Lord while it is day. While we have opportunity, it does not matter whether others notice our labor and commend us. God notices all our good work and he promises to reward us. Yet it is also biblical for us to notice and appreciate the service of God's holy people. Finally, Paul requests the Roman church to greet one another for him with a holy kiss. Romans 16 and verse 16 tells us that holy kiss, also called kiss of love, was a practice in the church from the very beginning. Simon, remember the Pharisee, invited Jesus, but he failed to kiss him. But the sinful woman who was weeping because of her sins kissed his feet having poured out perfume on them. The kiss of Judas was a kiss of betrayal. It was an unholy kiss. The saints kiss one another. Women kissing women, men kissing men, because, friends, we are members of God's one family. We love one another. Roman believers were accustomed to give and receive holy kiss. Justin Martyr in 150 AD tells us that the holy kiss was a regular part of the worship service in his day. It was also the practice in the church I grew up. A kiss, friends, is a family token of love, unity, peace, and purity. The kiss was a common form of greeting in the ancient world. Ancient world generally, and in Judaism especially. Listen to my professor John Murray speaking about kiss business. He says it betrays an unnecessary reserve, if not loss of the order of the church's first love. When the holy kiss is conspicuous by its absence in the Western church. Justin Martin tells us at the conclusion of prayers, we greet one another with a kiss. Professor Bruce says, the kiss of peace which plays a part to this day in the liturgy of the Eastern Church is first mentioned as a regular feature of Christian worship in Justin Martyr's first apology. After prayers, they mutually greeted one another with a kiss and then they brought forward the bread and the cup. This osculum pacis, kiss of peace, took place before partaking of the Lord's Supper to indicate that there was nothing separating them, that they loved one another. There was no unconfessed sin. The kiss was the token of the Christian fellowship. And we read in Psalm 133, How good and pleasant it is when brothers live together in unity. 
it is as if the dew of hermon were falling on mount zion for there where people of god would love one another there and there alone the lord bestows his blessing even life forevermore and then they received the holy communion without hypocrisy everybody took care of that when they examined themselves and they go to that person and say please forgive me and everybody is united and finally they take holy communion let me ask you this have you repented of your sins and trusted in jesus christ alone for your salvation or do you think that you know the problem of this church is what you take sin very seriously well it's not my problem it is the problem of god the father god the father took sin so seriously and sent his son to die on the cross to atone our sins be therefore take sin seriously and declare to you the gospel that your sins can be forgiven as you trust in jesus christ alone if we are the saints of god then by the holy spirit out poured into our hearts by that holy spirit let us obey god's will may we demonstrate our faith in christ by work of faith labor of love and what patience of hope number 4 god notices our labor of love labor of love for him and he will approve us and reward us on that day so friends let us be busy in the work of the lord our time is limited redeem the time soon we become infirm but now we are not let's work for the lord heavenly father we praise you and thank you for jesus christ your son who worked to death accomplishing our atonement our sins have been atoned christ died for our sins and raised for our justification our sins forgiven we are justified we are saved to serve our lord jesus christ and help us oh lord to serve you until you call us home in jesus name amen